No matter how well the first date goes, I never get my hopes up. It all goes downhill after she sees my micro penis. What the hell is going on here? Nothing, baby penis. <laughs> Uh, yes, I did say small penis many times because that is, in fact, something that turns men on that have a small penis. A cowboy hat means I'm ashamed of my small penis. Why is it so small? Hi, it's so freaking small. Bitch, get out. Last Man Earth, my name is Lex Durgan, as always I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt won a key legal victory this week in his fight to identify as the towel used to wipe down the leg press machine at his West Hollywood gym. Courage comes in many forms. Today that form is one very troubling homoerotic fetish. You could really actually identify as anything you want now in California. They changed the law, Matt, in case, in case you're interested. You can identify as a towel? You can identify as a towel, I believe. There are people trying to identify as animals currently, as different animals. And California has changed the law that you can uh, open it up soon to identify as whatever you wish. To, whatever you wish well, that to was be. always the kind of joke. Like you would say, well, what's next? Someone can identify as a goat. And it's like, oh, that's very homophobic and insensitive. Yes. But that's actually what's going on now? Uh, there's no actual benefit to it that I can notice. But I guess on your forms, you could do it, I guess. I mean, I think I assume most people just do it as a lark. Um, because there's no actual benefit to identifying as a gym towel towel necessarily. Well, on my license, which I actually have to get renewed coming up here. They're going to be changing the gender options. I see. It says male somewhere, I'm assuming. Yeah, sex, there's just an M. So kind of... What if it's like hippopotamus? I don't... No, I don't think think it's gender identification. Yeah, I guess it is. I don't know if it's just gender identification or sexual identification or just personal identification. The world is going mad, Matt. The, the whole pronoun thing, they keep firing teachers now for using the kids' wrong pronouns, mm-hmm. which is, I would just like, teaching seems like a shitty job as it is. <laughs> if I got in trouble, if I got sat down and told that I was going to you know, get in trouble if I didn't use the proper pronoun, they, them, that, whatever, for the student, like in sixth grade, I would just quit on the spot. It does seem like a cool game show, though. Like, you go to a cocktail party, everyone introduces themselves as essentially their opposite gender. Yes. Um, some of them are named Zezer, and one guy is a fucking zebra. Then you you know you you get a buzzer and you go get quizzed and and uh, you see how tolerant you are. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a cool game at all. I, <laughs> that sounds horrible. It. <laughs> it sounds like a good drinking game for like a tranny drinking Throw game. Throw it on Fox, man. <laughs> tra- you have to remember, or you put the card on their head of what they're what they're identified as. Yeah, yeah. There <laughs> you talk go. about it like liars poker or something. Uh, this week's Last Man Earth podcast is sponsored by Old Men Ruining Great Memories of Better Days with Masturbation Stories. Thanks, Paul McCartney. 76 seems like the right age to bring up sex memories with John Lennon. Here's a rule. Never speak about the cocks of the dead. <laughs> that was just one of the most disturbing stories I've heard. I don't know why it bothered me so much. At least they masturbated together. Yes. Uh, to, for what reason? Just they were just bored. They would just masturbate together and they would like in a silly. He said it was in a silly way, which I don't know. That sounds like an excuse for like making out a boys camp with some other <laughs> some other boy. Like it was meaningless, goofy, just goofy masturbation. Uh, which I get. First of all, they were probably doing some drugs. So I get, you know, that they were probably like doing shit like that. Um, actually, it was kind of funny because he said Lennon used to like scream out Winston Churchill when he came, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny. But at the end of the day, I think those stories of when one of the guys dead, it feels like those are, st- those are stories you shouldn't tell. Yeah. And I just don't want to know what anyone's screaming out when they're coming. Any dude, really. Um, but, but you should- know, back then it was a lot more like 
even when I was a kid, like we'd somehow get our hands on a porn. Yes. And I think everyone would just take turns beating off in some room of the house, uh, although not in front of each other. But no. back then it was even, um, you know, so hard to get your hands on porn, even though they were pretty well off. I'm sure they, but you got a cart in a, a slide or a, a well, I don't a think they needed porn. They projector. probably had all the girl. They probably had all the fucking girls they wanted. I guess. Well, then why were they jerking off together? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> my only, my, the biggest problem with this one is like now he's a crinkly old guy talking about masturbating, which is just disturbing. Uh, but also like one guy, Lennon's dead, so he can't come back with a funny like rebut, retort or say that never happened or <laughs> say like, oh, Paul did it and like was a, was a, was a complete jerk about it. And yeah, like, Louis it was C. all K. Paul's idea. Yes. I never yeah. felt comfortable doing yeah, it. Yeah, now you got to be Lennon's like <laughs> kids or grandkids like hearing stories about grandpa and, like masturbating. I don't know. It's just... I, I feel like all those stories, once it, one, once one party dies, all sex stories have to go away. All embarrassing sex stories about the dead person, that, that speak, to me, that's speaking ill of the dead. Can't come back with that. At least it wasn't like some sort of homo, more homo, like, touching shit. Yeah, I mean, for, like, Paul McCartney, for how famous he's been for so long, like, isn't he a pretty normal dude? I've actually yes. seen him around, like, at the improv, and uh, I would j- he's just pretty normal yeah like if that's the weirdest thing he said it's like that's a pretty good record yeah no he is he's still i mean he still craves attention i think i mean he likes to like he's still doing like all the jimmy fallon skits and doing all sorts of like promo stuff he does like all the pranks on celebrities and stuff yeah he definitely like likes the entertainment like being in the spotlight but yeah no he seems like a good enough guy just like you can't tell sex stories of, of people who can't respond <laughs> i think he's been watching too much stand-up and it, he yes. thinks that's how normal people like communicate oh you think so yeah because he's always at the improv he can't take a piss without fucking stupid comics going in the bathroom and you know trying to grab a selfie while he's whizzing really <laughs> but Jesus. yeah maybe he's just watching too much like uh yeah maybe he fancies himself a, a comic and he's trying out some material yeah that's what i think <laughs> it's not a bad story in terms of celebrity i have to say i mean no one ever heard it before and it's, and it's been 55 years and he's telling a story that after if you think it's like when the Beatles every like every year they come out the new Beatles album of unreleased material and you're always like where was this material for the last 50 years like oh we found 17 more songs we're gonna put out like yeah what the fuck were these songs I mean they've been famous for 50 years uh, so I give him credit on the fact he came up with a story a Beatles story no one's heard of for 50 years it also years. sounds like a very Beatles story it's, it's yes it's sort of innocent a little bit naughty but you know it's not it's not real threatening in any way and you got you know, it matches the way the Beatles sound. Yes. And then you have Led Zeppelin. It's like, oh, we had, you know, this, we stuck a shark up this, this groupie's vagina or whatever <laughs> yes. happened in that situation. <laughs> you know, that matches their style too. So, you know, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of Beatles. Very yeah. g- you can picture them giggling. Yeah. Smoking some opium, like it, with their long hair face and just doing some weird, weird sex yeah. shit. Uh, don't forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com last man on earth. Thanks to all our new patrons. As always, I'm going to close that one day. You won't become a patriot anymore. <laughs> I always wonder when they build those. Uh, strategy. Yes. When they have like, if you go to like a hospital, they have the donor wall, like the big donor wall or any public a museum or something like that. Right. Do they like cut that off? Because it's all like carved, chiseled in like really nice stone or whatever. Like if someone else says like, oh, I want to be on that one. They're like, oh no. Like the $500,000 list. Like, no, like we can't, we've got no space left, dude. Like we would love to have you, but. Yeah, no, that's a that's good it. question. That's it. And, and, and then the people who gave also a lot of money and get their name on like the list of only like four names in a huge font, will they be pissed if they add like 10 more names or lower the threshold and start adding more names? I'm assuming people that have that much money care about that kind of stuff. Well, you can't have the 
the artist come and do a new engraving yeah. every time someone gives, obviously then you're losing, you're essentially breaking even on that. Yeah. So you got to have at least a wall's worth of names before you, you start. I mean, there must be something, in the, when you give, there must be something in the contract saying they'll, they're not going to add this many names or we're not going to do other shit like... We're not going to add like a uh, uh, like Suge Knight will not be next to you <laughs> like on the, on the wall. Must be something. That's why Spielberg, I think, buys the whole building, so so no one, no one can fuck with him. He has like the thirty foot letters on all of his buildings. Right. These guys have a shitload of money. <coughs> they probably have great Patreon accounts. Uh, if you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or Facebook also Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, you're a big tennis fan. You strike me as a huge tennis fan. I like when people like, like there's always like one or two good points in every match when it goes back and forth like 30 times and someone does something between their legs or some amazing shot. It's kind of cool. But I always like the tennis fans because the matches, the men's match was going like five and a half hours. Yeah. And they just go crazy like every point. I'm like, I don't know how you focus on tennis like that for five and a half hours. I don't either. And I also don't get like, like my friends who spend an entire Sunday yes. and most of Saturday watching football also have like their baseball team back east. Yes. And then I go, what are you doing? I'm watching the U.S. Open. I'm like, like <laughs> do you have a job, man? Yes. Like, is, like, this is becoming a problem. Well, the, women, the women's matches go like an hour. When Serena plays, it's like an hour. There's shorter games and she just dominates. But these male tennis matches, the guys, they're very evenly matched. They'll go on for five. And, there was one, I think it was almost six hours. And it's like, that's insane. I can't watch. I don't think I can watch a great football game for six hours. No, but I guess the hardcore tennis fans, which there aren't are that many. mostly <laughs> located in Britain, yes. toothless. And New York, New York and in England. Right. Um, they, they love it. Like when the match goes longer, it's almost like they, they love that marathon aspect. But obviously the mainstream, you know, the casual fan or whatever, not not too into that. It's pretty. Big. I mean, I, I give credit to the. It's the guy tennis players usually that go for those matches. I don't know how they they have stamina for that. It's like a. I mean, it's really no other. It's like a marathon basically. I mean, yeah. they're playing a sport for six hours straight, and they're losing like just gallons of water. Uh, and it's hot there. It's freaking hot in New York. So it's that, that part of tennis is impressive. Everything else I can't fucking stand. <laughs> just I don't get it. I hate it. I still don't. I've tried to look at how the scoring works, and <laughs> I don't understand why the numbers are in groups of 15 yes. when it could just be one twos and threes if i'm not mistaken love i don't like i don't know what it means now i don't want to know it's a it's a it is a i knew kids who play tennis when they went growing up and it's like it's a sport it's a naturally spoiled person sport because not only is it like you know you have to be kind of a little usually usually more wealthy or something to play tennis a lot because it's just not a sport for like poor kids um because you need a tennis court you need a tennis court first off you need rackets you need some other shit you need a trainer because you can't really play on your own um, but also it's a sport that just, you know, delves into you as a sing individual player. So you're constantly just working by yourself. It's not a team sport. So you're just working on your own craft, working on your own self, talking about yourself. There's no team, team, teamsmanship. So you become a very selfish, bratty player. As they almost all, as they almost Probably. all. Yeah. But why is it such a privileged sport? Because, uh, you know, like you could get a racket somewhere, a used racket for not much and, I mean, any play, in, you know, Jesus, man, you're in Compton. There's concrete everywhere. You set up. There are, well, there are now, thanks to the Williams sisters. They built all the uh, they built all the tennis courts. Well, I'm, you don't even need it. But you could just set up a net and play tennis like relatively. It's not like golf or something. Uh, no, it's not as bad. I just don't think it's played. In, I mean, they don't play baseball in, in urban areas anymore at all. 
Uh, well, urban areas tend they like things that are more cool. Like basketball is obviously a cooler sport. Well, it's also played in the schools. Cooler doing it. It's played in the schools, and it's probably more of seen as a black sport, obviously as well, or minority sport. So I just don't think a lot of black kids identify as tennis players. Um, I mean, if you happen to be a woman who's gargantuan in size, you might you might think about tennis and how you could dominate. But it is actually like you got to spend all this time by yourself. Basically, you spend. I mean, I think people like teams like a pickup sport. It's not gonna be like let's go play tennis. Yeah, let's be let's go play basketball or let's play f- football somewhere or something like that. Um, so Serena Williams had a big incident at the U.S. Open where apparently she didn't win, <laughs> which is a big thing because she's won like thirty times. Uh, she's dominate just dominated the sport. She's a, don't forget, Matt. She's the LeBron James of uh, of whatever. Remember that thing where she wanted to be seen as LeBron James, but not the female LeBron James, just the LeBron James, because she claimed she was a she shouldn't be seen as a female a- top female athlete, but a top athlete in general. But she plays women's sports. But she plays women's sports, specifically tennis, and has not shown a prowess in any other sport. And she only plays against women at tennis. And she only plays against women in tennis. And clearly, she's not the same athlete that LeBron is. Well, LeBron probably could not play tennis because he's never tried. He clearly physically excels a variety of areas well beyond Serena Williams could ever excel. Yeah, and just because you physically kind of look like a female LeBron James, yes, like that doesn't mean you're the LeBron James <laughs> of like there are security guards that look like LeBron James. Yes, um, that that doesn't make them the LeBron of the you know police force <laughs> no. or something. So Serena had the big meltdown. And she- First of all, here's my fashion advice. If you're a woman with huge muscles, like I don't can't think of a woman I know that has bigger muscles than Serena Williams. Literally, I can't think of anyone who has it's female has muscles like that. Even even the bodybuilders that are, you know, it's well known that they shoot up roids and stuff. They don't really have that kind of bulk. No. Well, because she's got fat on top of the muscle. So she's got like a she's I always call her Robert Newhouse. He was a, the running uh, fullback for the Dallas Cowboys way back when, mm. and he was known as having the thickest thighs in the NFL. <laughs> he had like forty inch thighs or some crazy shit like that. Right. He's had huge quads, and he was like not tall. He was only like five nine, but he had these massive legs, and that's what she's like. She has like inordinately sized limbs for her body, like muscular wise, and then she's put on weight, especially since she had the baby, which by the way almost killed her in childbirth, Matt. Uh, <laughs> Well, LeBron James could have many babies yes. before he almost died in childbirth. You think so? Oh, yeah. He probably could have a baby, actually. I wouldn't be surprised. What kind uh, of elite athlete almost dies during childbirth? I don't know. What kind of rich person almost di- in the U.S. dies during childbirth? Uh, actually, I, I researched it. I couldn't find a single one. I've never even really heard of an injury, even <laughs> no. on, like a pulled hammy. No, every, uh, no, that's not true because every celebrity uh, woman, when they have a baby, has a illness related to it mm. uh, just because they do. Uh, it's just for some, for some, I was just reading about Lady Gaga today. She has some illness, like uh, some illness people can't explain. And then I read another one about another female celebrity who had a baby that she hasn't quite recovered from because she has some illness. And they always have this itis name at the end. <laughs> I've just never heard of them before. So it's probably like it's probably akin to like a vitamin D deficiency, which my doctor tells me 98.9% of the American population has. Hmm. When they get tested, they always get tested low on vitamin D, which he says just means... That's just everyone's that has low, low vitamin D. It doesn't seem to bother anybody. But for the vitamin D salesperson, it's really good. Okay. Um, so Serena Williams smashed her racket. She looked enormous in this tutu. She, I don't know what she weighs as a woman, but she's got to be close to 170, 180. Um, she's just a monster. And she smashed the racket. And then she didn't, uh, the, the umpire took a point away from her. 
I think for smashing the rack and just being generally screaming about the court and stuff like that. Meanwhile, by the way, she's playing this very quiet Japanese Japanese girl who's just crushing her, um, like a twenty year old Japanese girl, which should be the story of the like you know the sports story of the year because she's like it's David and Goliath essentially. Right. She's beating you know Serena Williams, who is easily twice her size, and and, and this woman has never won before. Uh, and then Serena gets in it, in it with the line, with the uh, umpire judge, whatever the fuck they call him, the guy who sits in the chair, mm-hmm. uh, who was a uh, from I don't know where he's from. He was from Latin America somewhere, and he takes a point away from her for her unruly behavior, which I guess you can do. And actually, they did in football. They do in football too. They don't take points away, but they do throw people out for bad hits and swearing and shit like that. Yeah, they can take yards. Unspo- they take unspo- away. Yeah, they take fifteen yard penalties if you swear at the if you swear at the ref, they'll give you fifteen yards. And, and and you get a technical in the NBA if you swear at the ref, basically. Especially but in those doing. sports, the ref, usu- that's by no means their main thing that they're doing. Like, this guy just sits there yes. and just, like, judges people. Yeah. Like, like literally just like, huh, I don't know. I don't know if I like the way that person's acting right now. Well, they were, they were talking about that, but all the decorum rules. But I think the NFL has more decorum rules than tennis, actually, if you think about it. They can't wear certain shoes. They can't wear certain things. They can't wear, like, logos. They can't wear n- initials of their cousin dying of cancer. They have to like follow all the rules. They get punished quite regularly. They can't kneel during the anthems. I mean, there's a lot of decorum rules in the NFL. So it's yeah. like tennis is the only, but tennis is seen as more genteel. So he takes a point away from from Serena. Then she gets really pissy, starts pointing fingers at him, calling him a thief and a liar, which I a thief for taking away her points, <laughs> which is weird. She just would not give up on it. And so I think he took away the game from her. One of the games she was losing anyhow. This was not. This didn't affect the outcome. I of thought the match. he took away the game because she was getting instructions from her coach. Yes. Oh yeah. Also, I forgot about that. Yes, her coach was like, her coach was in the stands and like one of the front rows, like waving his arms, telling her where to position her, right. like on the court. I guess you can't do that. You can't do that. And apparently, coaches all sort of do it, but they do it much more subtly. So they'll give like little like finger signs or something like that just to remind them. But this guy was gesticulating pretty wildly. So he took a point away from that. Then it just rolled into one after the other, and she got that mean-looking face, like bratty face. <laughs> and she has enormous fingers, too, by the way. She points her fingers at you, and she's in her giant tutu. <laughs> it's kind of fucking scary. I thought she was going to start shaking his ladder, and she's like shaking him off the <laughs> chair. <laughs> would have been awesome. Uh, but then they took the game away from her, one of the games. Again, she was losing. This was not like the final round tied at the end, and they took it away from her. She got beat pretty soundly by this, girl, by this young girl. Um, but here's the thing. So the outcome is afterwards, of course, she claimed f- they booed this poor girl during the ceremony when they gave the trophy. They booed this poor girl for winning because they felt the crowd felt Serena had it taken away from her because she was all telling them that she had it taken away, taken away from them. Uh, the girl's crying. She's got her face covered. Serena's looking all pissy. Um, but then you're not allowed to apparently after the fact, if this was any other athlete, you would just make fun of them like crazy. <laughs> right. Like the media would just make rip on them. ESPN, everyone would rip on them for being just such a jackass for the bitter face, all the anger, all that stuff like that. And they compared it to McEnroe. McEnroe got made fun of all the time. They did SNL skits on McEnroe constantly being a, being a, a jerky boy, yelling shit out at players. But Serena, you're not allowed to make fun of. And if you are, you're accused of, she said that judge was a sexist which, of course, makes no sense when you're in a match between two women. Uh, was he <laughs> but also that, he doesn't, that they allow men to swear a lot more and break rackets a lot more without getting punished, which may be true. I'm just not exactly sure how tennis works. 
But it may also be that since she's the only woman ever to smash a racket, it yeah. was a little disconcerting. I don't know how that works either, because everyone's like, well, John McEnroe used to do that. And I'm like, wasn't that in like the late 80s? Yeah, or early or? 80s, probably. So like, I don't know what's gone down since then, but if that's the only like point of comparison, like perhaps it doesn't happen anymore. I don't know. If you're going way back. there's I think guys, like, the tennis players swear a lot. They get really angry and they swear a lot and they scream a lot because they're just kind of big pussies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if you ever played a non-team, non-contact sport before, like golf or tennis. It's super fucking frustrating because right. you fuck up and there's nothing. You can't hit anybody. <laughs> there's like nothing to do. And if you're like happen to be like, say, Serena Williams amped up on horse testosterone <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you're getting angry and you can't touch anybody or hit anybody or do anything about it. You just start smashing. You start breaking stuff. But it, yeah. But there's also, I think, a difference. I'm picturing because I've seen the guys, the men on TV cussing. Yes. But she walked up to the guy and pointed her finger. Yes. And like, I don't know. Like, I'd probably be like, do it. I'd do the same thing, I think. Yeah, I would, too. I'd be like, I would just I think also there's probably some sexism in the sense that like you're just not used to seeing a woman be so aggressive so verbally and, and physically aggressive that it might shock you as a as an ump as, a, as an ump as a ref or whatever the fuck he's called uh just because you're kind of used to like the guys doing that but when the first woman ever smashes a racket like <laughs> like you're just kind of like whoa that can't happen i mean i could see there's some con- subconscious sexism in that but also that's kind of isn't that kind of good because all the women just aren't as jerky as the guys are? So she yeah. stands. So she stands out. I think women with normal levels of hormones. Yes. It, smashing a racket. Yes. Is not something they normally even do. No. Or no. to do. It's I like don't a, know if uh, Yashiel Puig like smashing, <laughs> breaking his breaking his bat over his knee or something. Yeah. I mean, you just don't see women doing that kind of thing. I mean, could her opponent even smash that racket to shreds if she attempted to? I don't think so. It would have taken a while. I don't think so. She looked like she weighed about 110 pounds. Yeah, I don't I don't think so at all. It, it, it is like, I mean, the question of sexism is like, it, it, the question of sexism is just a question of gender difference mm-hmm. and what you'd expect to see. And I think the women swear. Some of them probably swear a lot less than the guys do. Um, so anyhow, she turned as Serena Williams does. She turned everything into about me. It's the wonder of me and the atta- me, the victim. It was a race thing. I think she said, "I've been fighting for women and black people and stuff." Yes, I think that's what she said. Yeah, she likes to fall back on the. I can always tell how serious an activist is, uh, whether or not they become activists only when they are put upon, right. <laughs> or when somebody else is, because she doesn't ever seem to pipe up about fighting for sexism and racism unless it's something that's affecting her directly that she's angry about, which means she's just a selfish brat, which she is. And she was just stomping up and down. And so some guy made a cartoon, was named Mark Knight, in one of the Australian papers, where depicting her, everyone's seen it now, depicting her as like a, a giant muscle-bound brat, essentially uh, uh, bouncing up and down uh, with huge gargantuan muscles in her tutu. And the line judge telling the Japanese girl, uh, can't you just please let her win? <laughs> can't you just please let her win? Because they're all scared of her, which I thought was actually a very clever cartoon because it spoke to the fact that everyone is fucking scared of Serena Williams. Um, LeBron does not have the same. F- LeBron gets a lot of deference, obviously, in the NBA, but he doesn't scare people. I don't think the, the NBA is scared of him. They, the, the, the Cavaliers coach was clearly scared of him. Tyron Lewis was clearly scared of him. Yeah. And the owner was a little scared of him. But it's not like other guys in the NBA or other people or, or commentators are scared to talk about LeBron. Like, no. And, and LeBron, you know, a lot of people don't like LeBron. But he when he, he says a lot of 
pretty smart common sense things about race that are fairly difficult to disagree with but you know lebron's not pulling a race card when he gets a technical foul no and no it might be a little different because he's playing an all-black league essentially so i can i I understand where serena's coming from the fence like she came up it was typical when they came up being the only black tennis player it was probably not great um so i could see how you could whether it's perceived or real how you could see the racism that was a long time ago in her career arc. In the last 15 years, she's been the dominant champion of the sport. She's made more money in tennis than anybody else. She's won endorsements, roundly won awards from every organization she can. She gets complete entitlement and, and great coverage from all the sports press. No one can even say anything bad about her. If they do, she rallies. She calls them out and rallies against them, and her 10 million social media fans like attack people, as they did this cartoonist <laughs> with, death, with death threats and drove him off, drove him off of social media because they found her cart- the cartoon of her being a, a spoiled brat to be racist. Yeah, if she's under such constant assault, then why has this never happened before? She's been in the sport for... I mean, she's been at the top of the sport for, what? 15 years. Okay, and this is the first time. So, like, obviously there's no conspiracy. There's no... no this isn't one of those... You know, movie trailers about uh, the movie of the week where the whole the whole organization's against me. No, that's just not the case. No, there's su- I mean, in fact, in fact, the te- the Women's Tennis Association or whatever it's called, World Tennis Association, whoever sponsors the event, defended her against the the the, the ref basically after the match. Yeah, and said that she was in the right and, and the ref was in the wrong. They they threw him under the bus like right away. He's been doing that job for like 24 years without a complaint. Yeah, and they just tossed him under the fucking bus. Well, so, good by the way. I, that's the <laughs> yes, thing. I don't yes. like anyone in this sport. No, or, I don't either. Because he's like, well, I think I'm going to boycott. It's like, dude, I could do your job. Yes. Like right now. Well, you have to look good in the jacket. Maybe a couple hat. hours of training. <laughs> the jacket of that. Well, but still, he's like, he didn't necessarily do anything wrong. And she was she was in the wrong. So, you know, it's a little it's a bit, bit much. I mean, would the NBA throw the referee under the bus if he like gave a you know te- double technical to LeBron and threw him out of the game? It'd be, it'd be very rare. They, they might, if it was super egregious, they, they might. Well, they would it. probably tell the referee in the first place, don't do that because we need LeBron in the games. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, the same reason they don't kick Kevin Durant. Although Kevin Durant got kicked out of more games than anybody else, I guess, in the league. So, But even know. though she was acting like an asshole, I just feel like as the umpire, your gig is to blend in. Don't be noticed, yes. and I don't know. Like taking the game away, I, I don't know if he could have. I mean, I think way to handle it. He could have let it go, and even it's funny because even like so, Serena's coming out, and everyone's afraid. Everyone just goes, "Okay, sexism, racism." That's obviously what it was because Serena said said so. And even though we might disagree, we're not going to say it right. because then we'll be labeled sexist or racist. Uh, but even Martina Navratilova and Billie Jean King, the legendary lesbians of female tennis. Uh, uh, came out and said it wasn't a, what she did wasn't appropriate. They uh, they all agreed the referee could have had more discretion, but they also agreed that she was in the wrong for many things, and it was a judgment call, and she shouldn't call this, turn this into a sexist movement. Uh, of course, they all said there is sexism everywhere, but this wasn't the right. Mo- this wasn't the time for her to make this you know thing because there was no evidence of it. Um, but the guy with the cartoon, like you can't make you can't literally you can't make. Uh, uh, so we're in the. It's a two or three year anniversary of the Je Suis Charlie Charlie thing from uh, uh, France, where those guys got shot in the cartoonist office. Charlie did, Hebdo. Yeah, Charlie Hebdo, because they did the the, the Muslim thing. Yeah. The uh, the depicting Muhammad in the cartoon. Uh, it's kind of it reminded me kind of of that, which is like Serena's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, she's kind of like Muhammad to these people. So you can't you can't talk about her negatively. You can't depict her 
really at all in any cartoonish way because yes the cartoon of of a black woman is going to be look like old racist cartoons just naturally because they're going to amplify all her features which the guy did in his cartoons so i dare anyone to draw a cartoon of an angry muscle-bound tutu laden serena williams that doesn't look <laughs> doesn't look racist but how do you i'm kind of i'm kind of on the fence on this one uh I, first of all i don't know how you draw a character that's not exaggerated yeah. i mean serena williams has very strong features you know she has big lips obviously so big sharp nose she has huge muscles like but i've seen some of his other stuff so i think this is also i would assume it's a murdoch paper <laughs> in australia and i saw him draw white guys yeah and they were more um realistic looking they weren't as uh well he was i think he was trying to exaggerate her you know the monstrosity of her right that's the thing so it, her emotional gotta, state how like how you illustrate yeah like this situation versus if you're just drawing donald trump he's sitting on air force one yes um it's not going to be the same level of cartoonishness well they do like if you look at so i look at the trump baby the trump baby <laughs> which is kind of like the caricature of Donald Trump. They're flying around London everywhere else. Yeah. It's kind of like that. you got to have to exaggerate the features. They're going to give him really small fingers, and they're going to give him, like, the really, really stupid-looking overly hair, like, you know, hanging off the side of his head. And they're going to give him the dumb-looking face, the overly dumb-looking face. That's how, you ever had your, like, been with a girlfriend, you had to get the caricature done at, like, at the tourist area where the guy's sketching paintings? First of all, he's like, what do you like to do? It's, do you like skateboarding? I'll put you on a skateboard. Right, <laughs> I'll right. put you on a skateboard. No, I don't like skateboard. You like skateboarding. Here, you're on a skateboard. Uh, but they make your head enormous. They make your eyes or nose enormous because that's just, they all go to the same stupid fucking cartoon school. Right. And that's what they do. They got to make something big. But when you see the. There was nothing. There was nothing. There was no other elements of the piece that was racist other than her feet. Than some of her To me, features. it was just the big lips. Like yes. the big lips like rung a little too close to the. Yeah, you know the old school fried chicken uh, yes. commercials or or whatever. Like that, that's just the one thing that I was like. But yeah. literally, I don't think because of the old racist cartoon, the history of racist cartoons, I don't think you could ever cartoon a black woman like that. You couldn't do a Serena Williams cartoon that wasn't deemed racist, because it would evoke images of that old iconography, right? Yeah. So you really couldn't do it. So he did it. And now he's getting death. Now he's getting death threats. It's just insane to me that like. I'm sure she's not a bad person. She's probably an okay person. She's just a annoying, bratty tennis person. She's John McEnroe, right? No, I think she seems totally insufferable. Really? Well, yeah. yes, but I mean, she's not hurting people. No, no. She's not malicious. She's just obnoxious. Yeah. Her husband, the the, the guy from Reddit, has to put has to put up with it. <laughs> when they would pan to him during her meltdowns, or she kind of like he, was, you could see he was like probably gets beaten at home regularly. <laughs> He's like, oh no, she's gonna be angry. <laughs> she's gonna be really angry tonight. I mean, could she have married like? A more perfect beta male for her personality. I like love it. A skinny tech, a skinny tech nerd with the beard, with the uh, perfectly groomed beard. <laughs> like she was lifting up in their wedding photo. Yes, because yes. he couldn't do it. Yes. Uh, I mean, I would almost watch that reality show. Just their day to day interaction. I would cry. I would cry for the guy just repeatedly. It's just kind of sad to see. I mean, obviously he gets something out of it, which is having a strong woman in his life who he gets to, you know, whatever he gets to do, support her in all ways. Uh, I can only imagine what some of those ways are, <laughs> but it, it's just kind of scary. I just don't like the fact there's anyone. I mean, there's no I mean, we live in an era when, you know, thankfully, we can mock the president of the United States in any way possible, including sex sexually talk about his penis, talk about him sleeping with his daughter to talk about anything. Right. Everything is open and you can't be punished for it, literally, and certainly not legally. And then certainly not in the press either. 
Um, you could be, uh, what's her name, uh, Sam Samantha B, and say cunt about his dog, whatever you want. And you really, there's no ill effect whatsoever. Well, you could be Stormy Daniels, and they, they come for you at the strip club just to <laughs> teach you a lesson. Yeah, there's some little That's stuff. Although Stormy da- Daniels clearly overplayed her porn card. <laughs> um, but you can't say a single bad thing about Serena Williams. Um, so I showed you that quote from the, was it The Guardian or something like that, where the guy's like, you know, I can't, I can't, as a man, I can't obviously comment on the, the feelings of sexism. <laughs> like, like the guy, the reporter actually wrote that in his opinion piece about Serena Williams. Like, <laughs> obviously, as a man, I can't comment on sexism, whether or not it was, it was, it was happened or not. Like, why not? Like, are you unable to, <laughs> you're unable to perceive the world any yeah. longer? Why are you a writer? Yes. <laughs> you yes. can't comment. Yes. That's like the writer that goes, I have no words. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, 19-year-old. But shit. you literally can't. So you can make fun of the president like bang, banging the shit out of Ivanka, uh, but you cannot actually make fun of Serena Williams. You'll be torn apart. She's like a sacred cow. She's a sacred cow. I think it's because she's a woman and she's black and she's outspoken and she's just the darling of the fucking well, media. And she's willing to play that card and it's like it's just not worth it like i don't want to have to explain myself to idiots because i have an opinion that slightly differs from yours right and also by the way uh, uh um she like she can get away with the victim stuff and she just she just gets that and she's never going to be i mean she compared herself to she compared the sexism to john McEnroe because he was obviously broke his rackets and swore and cussed and wasn't like they claimed that he was got away with it but i don't think he got away with it i mean he was roundly you know made mocked and made fun of in a way that she would never be mocked or made fun of. Uh, she clearly gets huge major brand endorsements that he didn't get. Um, there's, really no com- there's really no comparison. I mean, and, and I think people didn't like John McEnroe. He was seen as a bratty, obnoxious guy, which yeah, it's, you're, not, you're apparently not allowed to say about Serena. So I don't know how the, se- the sexism, the, the gender thing, I think, protects her. I think the, I wouldn't say the race thing protects her, but it's by no means hurting her. I no. mean, she's, she's getting everything she wants i mean it's almost it's definitely helping her to some degree it's another it's another one of those cases where like there is obviously racism and there is sexism in this country but it inordinately affects people the bottom end of the scale yeah it doesn't apply here so obviously you know black men in prison and the, the employment numbers and all the other elements of racial disparity are exist, but they do not exist in women's. T- they don't exist in women's exactly. tennis. Exactly. So it's another one of those cases, like just like a celebrity complaining about har- harassment, how it's ruining her life. Hi, Matt. We have a uh, email from Owen about Miss America pageant. How many times? How many years in a row now have you watched the Miss America pageant? Twenty three. I think the last time I just saw it on TV, I was in like maybe the sixth or seventh grade. Did you watch because the women were hot or just because it was a thing to watch? And I think my mom was watching it. Yes. And women, then there were the, you know, the swimsuits. So. Women, women ha- are, there's a certain number of women, not a small number, who are obsessed with pageants, mm-hmm. pa- like ga- evening gowns and the pageantry and like the makeup. And uh, once I found the girls were putting Vaseline all over their teeth, it really turned, <laughs> really turned me off a lot. Mm. So they do that so their lips won't stick to their teeth when they have all the lipstick on. Okay. So I just saw like a thing on it, and it like it just so repulsed me that I thought like I what you know I don't want to see have anything to do with. It. I think I was twelve. I'm like I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, I dated a girl that was uh, <coughs> Miss Illinois. Oh, nice humble brag. She was a <laughs> total nightmare as you'd imagine. But yes. Yeah, I just heard the stories. I mean, there are you know most of them have eating disorders, and um, 
this chick was a fucking nightmare and she'd been in it for a long time you know yeah so if you get your kids into that that's that's not going to leave anywhere good there's there i think there's only two uh, there's only two stages of the pageant business for the girls there's the young girls in pageants who are clearly being molested and <laughs> molested and raped and and subject to many pedophiles working in the industry uh and it's john benet kind of gross and then there's the older girls, like the college age girls. And you're like, aren't you too old? <laughs> aren't you too old for this? It's sort of like cheerleading. It's like, aren't you like, this seems like it should be for girls, although it's gross for girls too. But now that you're like an adult, aren't you too old to be? Well, you'd have to get in it as a girl because if you just started doing that in your, when you were 16, 17, you'd, you'd be a crazy person. Yes. Even more so than you already are. And also speaking of sexism, I think it goes back to a time when, really it just goes back to the time when women were seen as like, how do you cook? How do you clean? What kind of wife will you make? So it's sort yeah. of based. It was sort of based on like how will you how will uh, how will you appeal to the men to the men in the world? Yeah, it's about being yeah the perfect white, well rounded. Speaking um, about world, speaking about world peace in a very simple in a very simple way. Yeah, what do you call that? The cotillion or something? Like the finishing. They used to have the finishing schools for for women. Yeah, yeah, like that. So it's basically that, and you're you're showing how you, you know, walk, how you could walk properly, how you could speak at a dinner party. You know how you can make amusing conversation and also look good in a swim in a swimsuit at the beach. Real creepy. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm not saying I like a woman that you know chugs a bottle of Jack and starts railing about politics. Yes, that's not good either. But there is some middle ground. I mean, yes. these girls are not. Does it? I'm sure a lot of guys do want that in a in a wife, but uh, yeah. they're they're very vanilla. You know, yeah. it comes off as creepy honestly it comes off as very creepy it really is that's why when they had the old things about trump like with the miss usa pageant going around the pageant like telling the girls they were too fat or like look good in a certain outfit i'm like i could totally see that because it's just such a creepy endeavor that trump would be around it right (laughs) it's like when he told the girl that she was too (laughs) she was too fat to be in a swimsuit it just kind of that was yeah he's the type of guy who would love a pageant he would love a pageant girl to to marry yes he did and, and they would never um really love each other now but he would think i have succeeded in this a trophy not, not knowing what a real human connection is. <laughs> no yes exactly that's how he operates well it got worse uh because as owen asked the email is it possible miss america pageant could become any less interesting to both men and women so uh gretchen carlson uh, you may remember who's gonna be in the you know the roger ailes movie is coming out uh, right, that's like a big budget. Yeah, movie. who isn't looking forward to the Roger Ailes movie? Got to run. I don't know because <laughs> I've already forgot about the whole thing. I did too, and I also don't want to see the fat suit they're going to put on somebody because they're clearly not going to cast. There aren't there aren't that many obese actors, so they're clearly going to cast a, a a regular actor and put him in a fat suit mm-hmm. with the jowls and the whole thing. And it's going to I think it's going to draw away from the whole movie. Just seeing like who, you know who, I think they talked about like some actor is like fifty year old actor. I forget who it was. And they're going to clearly make him look ugly and put him in a fat suit. Can't they just get John Goodman? Uh, He lost a lot of weight. He fucked everything up. Although he put the weight back on, I know. It's a lot of the weight back on. Uh, Like, he has to play all the fat guys. (laughs) Like, he kind of does, actually. For a while, he did play, like, the governor of Louisiana and stuff like that, the fat guys. The fat southern guy. Yes. (laughs) He was really good at that. Um, So Gretchen Carlson, who was uh, uh, forced to go down on or... Has to go down on Roger Ailes and harass it. Like, oh goodness! I don't know. Uh, the, the sad part of the Roger Ailes story is, I don't think he actually got a lot of sex out of it. I think it was more of degrading to women. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, kind of like he would just say, se- like, ask them, like, if they're getting laid and stuff like that. Like, to get get his little fetish off. I think he was like even so fat and gross that he didn't even want to like have sex with the women. Which is like, if you think about it from a sexual a harasser standpoint, that's the lowest rung. <laughs> that's the lowest rung on the ladder. Like you're actually not getting, se- you're actually 
harassing and abusing your female employees and still not getting laid. You're sort of just bothering the shit out of people. And you're saying like dirty jokes in front of them just to watch them wither and get like your jollies out of that. That was really kind of super sick. gross. Yes. And he should have been fired, obviously. Yes. A long, well, a long time ago. But happy news because she got 40 million. And, and then she uh, uh, now she was put in charge. She was a former Miss uh, America contestant. Oh, she did she win? She might have won. She was from Minnesota, as you might imagine. And uh, <laughs> perfect Minnesota girl. So there was a whole thing last year. We've, I'm sure we talked about it in the podcast where like the head of the Miss America pageant emails where the, he was emailing another guy working the show talking about like the women in a very sexual, <laughs> in a very sexual manner. Who was a bitch? Who looked hot? All that kind of stuff, right? Which is the only thing you reason you would be in charge of the Miss America pageant. So he was fired. So they brought Get- Gretchen Carlson to bring a female, a female progressive female point of view into the Miss America pageant. So the very first thing she did was get rid of the swim, <laughs> get rid of the swimsuit competition element of the show. Well, they're kind of fucked because we, if we acknowledge that, if we don't acknowledge that how attractive the women are, yes. Is, I'd say 50% of this at the very least, yes. maybe 80%, whatever you want to say it is, then you can't keep doing the thing. No. It's a, it used to be called a beauty pageant. They uh-huh. got rid of the word beauty pageant, but for forever it was called a beauty pageant. So it was based on who was the most beautiful woman. Uh, she got rid of the swimsuits, and then they started asking the women. They said they really want to focus on the personalities and talents of the women. So they still do the talent show where they bring out the fucking mannequins and do ventriloquism or play the violin. They still do that shit. But they started asking him, instead of asking him, like, how would you solve world peace? They started asking him, like, very topical social questions. So, so the girl from Mi- Miss Michigan said, I come from Michigan, the land of the most, most fresh water in the entire United States, but not a drop to drink in Flint. <laughs> like, okay. I'm like, okay, that's actually a good Roger Moore point. Uh, but uh, uh, Michael Mike, Moore point, Michael Moore point, Roger Moore just died. Uh, that's a good Michael Moore point. But not from a dummy girl repeating the line she practiced over and over again. It sounds like she's repeating something. Like, who wants to see? Who wants to see that? So you just lost like Middle America. So the ratings obviously tanked. Is there any reason? I, this could have been asked for the last twenty years. Like, women still. I mean, we don't know why men might like it. Women still seem to need to justify this beauty pageant tradition, which has to be seen as sexist. And if you make it non-sexist, no one's going to watch. Yeah, I I don't know why they find it entertaining i mean i've watched it with men and women sort of a few minutes here and there and everyone just makes fun of all the girls and yes. that's it um but yeah there does seem to still be a woman that i guess it's just any competition i mean you don't want to see him fuck it up you know you don't want to see him embarrass themselves like the girl that's was, all i watch for was it miss teen when she kept talking she's trying to talk about iraq yes and it was just really sad it's from the Car- miss teen she's carolina, from South carolina yeah yeah I, I think you're hoping that doesn't happen, so you're kind of on edge, you know. Your picture, and you're a woman. I mean, everyone's insecure. Women are also insecure, just like men. And you're you're picturing just being judged, yes. just having someone inspect your nipples, and, yes. Uh, you know, pry your mouth open, and what God knows what even happens back there. <laughs> I think it's I think it's about dog shows. Yeah, but it may be the same. The finger up the ass. I think it's dog. <laughs> sh- I think it's dog shows. <laughs> Look in their ears and stuff. Although I know a, I know a woman who competed in the Miss Universe pageant, and um, about ten fifteen years ago, and as you might expect, she said it's the bitchiest group of women you've ever met in your entire life, and just not a, did not make a single friend. Everybody just hates each other and is trying to destroy each other backstage. So uh, yeah, it's exactly as you exactly as you imagine with hot women like, all in a, in a group together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sabotage. Like calling, like forming cliques, gathering up on one another, like tearing up dresses, like ruining, ruining makeup and shit like that. 
That would be that would be uh, behind the scenes is probably interesting. Front of the front of the stage is not not so much anymore. I, mean, I feel like I feel like a lot of things should have changed when internet porn came around. And this <laughs> this is one like guys going to buy magazines and brown covers or going to adult bookstores. Right. There's a lot of things like they're opening up that new. We talk about that new uh, uh, sex sh- peep show. Something where in New York somewhere it was like we put the quarters in and still see the girls. I'm like, who still goes to that? Like. It's. I assume this America, same thing. It's got to be guys over sixty, right? People just who are in a pattern in their life, and they're not going to change it. I mean, I don't know what the ratings ever were. I mean, I know it was on. People are going to watch whatever's on, you know, primetime TV. Yeah, it was a Labor Day thing. It used to be huge. It used to be a big deal. And Miss America was a big deal, and she would go to all the football games and the, you know, all that stuff like that, and go to the White House, and it was a big thing. But it's very anachronistic. And by the way, so if you're going to find that middle ground between women. If, Putting women out there beautiful, but not allowing their bodies to be seen. Put them in burkas and like make them rehearse questions about po- political matters. <laughs> it's just it's yeah. Over. I mean, it's a matter of time before they're going to have the three hundred pound yes woman out yes. there and yes. the you know the one armed woman and yes. various you know disfigured uh, obviously not attractive women. That's going to happen. And then normal you mean normal size regular women, Matt? Oh, regular women that yes. are overweight. Average women. And then one of them once they're in, yes. one of them's going to have to win. Yes. Obviously. I mean, I get why you know, feminists, I'm sure this is they they don't like this. This is a horror movie if you're a feminist yes. just watching this. Yes. And you know, so they lost a lot of respect from sort of mainstream people. Like even now if I met Miss America, I'd be like, "Okay, I'll hang out with Miss America, but like I don't take you seriously as a person. No, it's not, it's not. It's not. It's not. The, the whole dichotomy of the uh, feminist movement is that they, they still the feminists still have to support women accomplishing anything, even things that are blatantly sex. That's why the whole sex worker thing and the prostitute thing and the, the stripper thing, when they have to like support Stormy Daniels, they get very uncomfortable. <laughs> but they kind of have to do it right. because those are the women they hate. You know, they hate those women. Yeah, yeah. But they're women and they're taking on men, and so they have to support them. But you know that they fucking hate those big behind kids. closed doors. Oh my god, they fucking hate the, hate those people. <laughs> Matt, you follow a story. You wrote about a story this week about a, a serial dine and dasher. Mm-hmm. Is that what's called? Is it dine and dash? Is that the official name? Yeah. Um, I don't. Remember. I remember doing it as a teenager once or twice. I just don't remember uh, what if they had an official had an official title. Um, so this guy, uh, I, I'm only going to say it's an Hispanic name because that's all I remember. I think it's Paul Gonzalez. There you go. How about that? That's pretty racist. I so. <laughs> I assume so. Uh, was going on many dates. Did it say where he was hooking up on dates? Was it like Tinder? Or was it was like... He it had was... I, the few were on Bumble. Bumble's Bumble. the one where the woman it's has It's for women, to, right? Well, no. It's for it's for guys, but the woman has to initiate the conversation. We used to call it the Sadie Hawkins dance, Matt. There you go. Yes. <laughs> I think he did some Tinder dates, too. Yeah. So he would go on dates. He would go on dinner dates, this guy. And he would ditch before the bill came yeah. <laughs> and leave the female date behind and, you know, for, and just take off. And I guess, you know, like you said, chuckle in his car, maybe. But he's now facing 16 years, 16 years <laughs> in prison for a variety of crimes, including the theft, uh, not paying the bills and also extortion of the women. And he's really being framed as like a horrible, like assaultive type guy. But I think you see it a little bit, a little bit differently. Well, I don't like the guy. I'm yes. sure he's a bad guy, but I just think you know, when we look at these things, this when it's you and me, you know, getting some having having to go to court for some reason. This guy's being charged with extortion. Yes, 
it was, uh, is it 13 felonies? His bail is set at $305,000. Which is crazy. On California, no, he would have no bail, but yes. This guy did, uh, yeah, he would go on dates. He'd pretend he had to make a call, <laughs> and then he would leave. Yes. This actually happened to me once. Uh, with the, guy you're, the guy you're going to dinner with? With a woman. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, it's a woman. Um, and I saw her walking out the other door. I'd actually known her for a long time. Anyway. Did uh, she walk out not to pay the bill, or she just couldn't stand you anymore? Um, I don't know. I never talked to her again. Okay. I think she was angry about something. Yes. Um, but I simply, what I did was I go, I'm going to pay this bill. And like, I got off easy. Yes. So I'm never going to have to see her again. Yes. Uh, so I just paid it. Um, but a lot of these women, now, I don't know if it's because women are so used to expecting the bill to be paid for them on a date. Um, they either didn't pay the bill. So he did this 20 times, apparently. Um, so they would either not pay the bill. It's unclear. Some of them didn't pay the bill. Sometimes yes. the restaurant paid the bill. I don't know if they paid just her part. or The, the girl's probably crying. She's probably crying. Right. And then, like the, the restaurant's not going to like savage her. Right. Well, that's why. So I emailed the district attorney. Of course. Just purely out of curiosity. Yes. It took five minutes. And uh, they wrote back that I said, why is this guy being charged with extortion? I understand that he would be charged with uh, grand theft even because yes. if you add up all the shit that he didn't pay for that would be over the threshold of $950 in California. But they said because the they sent me a lengthy statement uh, saying that because the women had to come forward in this embarrassing situation, that uh, amounted to extortion, which is defined as a, uh, essentially a violent or a so he was, he, they, threat. They claimed he, threat. They claimed he, he was intentionally th uh, setting them up to be humiliated. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe he was. Was is that possible? Yeah, I just don't think it's extortion. I think it's asshole behavior. But I've always just assumed, like, like when this happened to me, there's two people at a table. One person leaves. One person forgot their wallet. I yes. don't know. One person comes <laughs> clean and says, "I have four dollars in my bank account." Yes. Um, it's kind of by the table. Right. You work it out amongst yourselves. Yes. However, it matters. Yes. What's important is we, the restaurant, get the money. So um, are you thinking that women didn't bring money to the date? Didn't bring money to the date? I think at least some of them didn't. Yes, they didn't have the money to pay for. It. I mean, they didn't have the money like an emergency stash of yes. Uh, like what if two, I have to pay for dinner? Like what if I have to pay for dinner? Kind of. Yeah, thing. Yeah, they're going into it like there's no way I'm going to be able to pay for this dinner. Yes. Maybe not even half of it. Who knows? Is this your Serena Williams sexist moment? Are you <laughs> identifying sexism here? Yeah, because so yeah, because if you look at Tinder dates and there's no data on this, I would say. If you're trying to get laid, which is the whole point, yes, or Why see else? the woman again, however you want to phrase it, um, the guy's going to have to pick up the check. Yes. Um, Normally, guys pay. No, in the majority of cases, guys pay the check. Even though we have equality in this country, the guy usually pays the check. I would guess um, maybe it's not working out. You agree to split the check. Yes. Zero times does the woman pay the whole check. <laughs> yes. In the city. I haven't, dated, a I haven't dated in a long time, but I'm assuming the women always make that feign an offer of splitting the check yeah right they'll say oh let me get let me split it with you and you go no and they go okay yeah because if you actually say okay we'll split it then you're not going to get action because right. you just made a girl pay for half or pay for half the meal. i'll even just pay it if i don't think i'm going to get action anyway because i don't like the awkwardness of yes it. but that's just me yes um <laughs> and i don't go to restaurants i can't afford uh, we might at, at TGI. You mean the jalapeno poppers at TGI yeah. Friday? You're picking up the whole yeah. tab. This will be a happy hour <laughs> situation. <laughs> the two dollar drinks. <laughs> but it really it got me to thinking. Okay, this this sucks for these women. I guess. I mean, it's not cool at all to file a police report. Yes, I, a, I can't imagine a guy doing that. 
You mean if he was stood up by the girl? Yeah. No, he wasn't. I mean, it, there's definitely. This just goes back to the you know we were talking before. Like there's just with the Miss uh, Miss America pageant. There's a, definitely a women women benefit from in modern age the double standard of being treated like women, but also being treated like equals. Yes. So when they want to be equals, they can demand equality. And when they want to not be equals and go back to the old gallant times of the gentleman uh, taking care of things and then being subservient and not capable of taking care of things like men, they can fall back on that. So they get the be- they really get a double double benefit. Right. I mean, the, a really good example of this is uh, I went on a date with this girl. I had met her on uh, Tinder, I think. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> I can't imagine those things. <laughs> it's just so dehumanizing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I've since stopped doing this yeah. for almost the the most part. Don't have time. It's it's much better to meet a woman that wants to date you when she meets you in person. Yeah, than uh, just roll the. Dice. I mean, I know guys. I guys do those apps. They flip through until they see a girl who makes them hard, and then they go, oh, "Yeah, let's let's go out." Yeah, I get why guys and guys don't mind being humiliated about that, but I don't know why a woman would ever be on a dating site. Well, it's a free dinner. You could get free. You could get a free dinner at a nice place every night. I get. I mean, I guess there are some. There are women like that. But I guess for you know a normal professional woman, why would you ever want to put your face on a dating app and have like guys decide whether or not you make them excited? Like, yeah, <laughs> contacting you. I hey, I like your personality a lot. It was really great to see your face and uh, <laughs> get aroused by you. Let's get some. Let's get some crabs. Well, there's not much stigma to it anymore. I don't now. think. especially like. You know, there's the higher end ones. Like, I think Tinder is kind of a fuck thing, but you know, like Bumble. You know, there's the whole thing of like, uh, I'm just here for a connection, networking, yes. networking, that type of thing. Which, again, why you would go on a site like that to network with creeps is bizarre. But, um, <laughs> well, like eHarmony or those ones where you pay like 150 bucks to get your whole thing. Right. Like the perfect match. I can understand that. Or if like you do one of those Christian dating things. Uh, although uh, there's a story about the girl did the Christian dating where it says Jesus helps you find your partner. And then the guy raped her. I thought Jesus really must hate you because, <laughs> like, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus picked you a rapist. <laughs> he drops the ball. Sometimes. That's really sad. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, there is a double, clearly a double standard. But this, I don't know if this case, Matt, fits your perfect example because what what do you think the reason was this guy was doing this? Because he wasn't just trying to get free meals, probably. I yeah, to speculate. Yes, <laughs> I would say he's. A bitter guy with a vendetta against women. Yes. And the entire dating process. Is this his way of doing like some one of those like in the company of men uh, type of like humiliating of women thing? Because he's been felt le- like a lesser man before. This is not a, 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 a the bigger man type thing to do. No, this is a guy getting back at something for some reason. Yes. And I don't know if it's just dating. Or is he a fan? Do you think of this podcast and listens to you over through the years talking about not. women not paying women not paying half for their dinner? Well, I the mean, worst is when you combine it because I went out with this girl. She somehow found out because if you're on these apps, it just says Matt. Yeah. Right. It doesn't say my name. It doesn't even say what I do. I lie about that, obviously. Um, but she somehow from our uh, texting figured it out. So I show up and not only uh, am I you know, buying her drinks, she's lecturing me she she knows that I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. That's the first thing she brings up. Yes. Proceeds to lecture him about the indignities of the Hillary Clinton situation. And as she's uh, giving me this whole, uh, really, really chewing me out about Hillary, <laughs> I go, uh, she says something like, I go, do you want another drink? She goes, yeah, why not? I go, oh, you're not planning to pay for any of these drinks, are you? <laughs> 
and she looked at me weird. Yes. And I threw down roughly half of what the bill was and walked out. The classic Hillary, the classic Hillary voter. Yeah. So that felt good. So I can kind of see where he's coming from. Yes. Granted, I wouldn't. Sniff. It could have been you. No, sniffing the 16, like the women is like, that's, there's some kind of anger. There's definitely hostility there. The thing I don't understand is like he didn't get anything out of this process other than emotionally distressing these women. Because it's not like that guy who like lies about who he is and gets laid and then the women find out later on he was he was not a doctor. Right. There's always like and that guy I think that guy got well, that one guy got arrested or sued or something. He was doing a false identity and the women slept with him because he had a rented a Porsche and said he was a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out he was like a janitor. Right. And they all sued him. <laughs> but at least that guy had a plan to get laid. Yeah. This guy obviously was just having got a, I guess he got a free meal. Although it wasn't free because he was stealing it. And he didn't get any action, obviously. So I didn't understand the story other than he's a really hostile dude. And now he's going to be in jail for <laughs> he's gonna be in jail for several years. Yeah, I mean, he could have got the same, well, not the same thrill, but roughly the same thrill out of just doing what I did, which is here's half the money. Yes. Deal with it. And then he wouldn't have been on the hook for anything. Yeah, but extortion sounds a bit harsh. Oh, poor guy. You can visit him in prison, take himself in prison. I don't, I don't know why they put people like that in prison. What happens to them in prison? Nothing. Ha- I mean, first of all, we have, then we have to pay for the guy in prison for three years or whatever it is. Well, yeah, and like, how dangerous of a guy? Like, obviously, a dine and dasher, bad <laughs> guy. Yes, but like, look at the people that aren't in uh, going, being charged with anything. There's people that just squat in apartments and never pay. Well, couldn't they, I mean, could you give this guy like make him work in a fucking restaurant, like doing dishes or something like that for for service to the restaurants? You you know, well, dude, the, that's what's the DA. You know, is it's a huge problem the way they operate. They put charges on you, which are preposterous, and make you plea. Yes. So now you're getting over sentenced, and really the only the problem is the threat is that you go to jail for for ten, 16. fifteen years. Yeah. So he's got to he's got to plead guilty to something lesser. Yeah. Well, instead it's, of just charging him with what he did, it's really abusive. Which is being a d- dick and make him go work in the restaurants for free for like a month or whatever. Because they don't want anyone to go to trial. See. No, they don't want to go to trial, but they also punish it because he's. This is a reverse sexism because he's clearly being punished more because he's the guy. So he looks. He looks fucking horrible. Matt, you can set him. You, I see you and he becoming great pen pals <laughs> when he's in prison. <laughs> Uh, Matt, let me ask you about Norm. Are you a Norm McDonald fan? Yeah, I, I love I Norm like McDonald. McDonald I, I like the fact that he has never ever changed. <laughs> like <laughs> his shtick has never changed. Like it, he knows it doesn't work for a lot of people. Right. But he, in 35 years, he's just never changed it. So he still does the same line of jokes that he's been doing for 35 years. The droll, sort of uh, saying offensive things, but in a droll voice. Yeah. And he knows it's not like widely popular. It's not like Kevin Hart popular. But he knows that it's just like it's him, it's what he's comfortable with, and he just says some of the most outrageous. He he has probably in the last three decades said more outrageous things than any other comedian, if you actually pay attention to what he pay attention to what he's saying. Right, but he says them in a smart way usually. Yes, yes. Um, but you're right. Like that, I think that he gets off on that, like saying it's kind of twisted things. Like yeah, that. like George Carlin was in your face about it. Like I'm going to say shit that offends you just to p- make a point. Yeah. Whereas he says offensive things in a slow very methodical dry super dry way they're not even sure what he said was was offensive he just says it without even right, stopping right. stopping i was just telling my friend about george carlin's bit where he used to claim he was a huge fan of terrorism because of the entertainment value yes my friend was like no you can't say shit like <laughs> yes that. Like, yeah man. i don't think you could say it now but no but um, he, but carlin was funny but he did it to pro- he did it to provoke a response yeah he wanted people like the seven dirty words he wanted to get arrested so he was trying to get like, you know, he's trying to point out the insanity of our, of our morality. Whereas Norm Macdonald, just like it could be five years later and you see the YouTube clip. And you're like, I can't believe you fucking <laughs> said that. He has a whole thing. He has a whole thing about 
uh, uh, gay people having sex, like about how, how good could gay sex be? <laughs> and like, you know, like, and how a guy says he's proud of his gay son is lying. I, I had a hard time believing that these 50, 60 year old men are actually bragging, you know, at work like they're, hey, uh, Bill, you know, uh, my kid, oh my God, we're proud of him, Johnny. He uh, uh, graduated from Harvard, you know, a first in his class, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, now he's articling over at a law firm and, uh, oh yeah, he loves cock. <laughs> you know? This kid. He can't get enough cock in his mouth, his ass, his kid's always cock. Like something nobody would ever, ever say. Um, but apparently, so he did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, and he says he doesn't like the, uh, you know, written interview you know, interviews for the newspapers because then they actually quote what he says mm. and write it down and everything. It looks really worse when you read it. Oh, um, so he, he came out. He supported Roseanne Barr and Louis C.K. when they were both uh, busted. Uh, it was a- he was asked about it. And he said he reached out to both Roseanne and Louis C.K., who he's friends with both of them, because he felt bad for them because they had like lost their entire careers like overnight. And his comparison was saying that. You know, they were the whole world was shattered in, in overnight versus the victims, their supposed victims, alleged victims, and it's not the same type of you know world-ending tragedy for those people. Um, well, you you kind of butchered the joke a little bit. But yes, I yes, think I that did. Was his point? Yeah. Yes, but I mean, I did. But I mean, his point was that they had their whole lives taken away from them in in the course of a moment for something they said, whereas the victims, and he's talking about like. What what would you consider victims of Roseanne Barr making a racist statement about Valerie yeah, Jarrett? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't, like, I don't like what Roseanne said. I probably think she should have got fired for many reasons, but uh, she has no real concrete victims in just saying something kind of racist. Yeah, which is more ignorant because I don't think she she didn't even know Valerie Jarrett was black, so she was just saying like some race subconsciously. I think she did know she was. Did black, you think so? But whatever. Roseanne's not. I mean, by the way, she's just insane. She's yeah. like when she's off her meds, she says shit. Although I love that Tom Arnold is ju- judging her because I've met Tom Arnold several times, and when he's not on his meds, he's just incomprehensible. He's just he is like says like some of the weirdest fucking shit you've ever heard. So when I've seen him like doing stuff, is he on or off his meds? I don't know what meds. But he was when he, during his coke period, he was just like impossible to like be around. Yeah, he seems really flighty and and like. Uh he just he just kind of says fragments of fragments senses. of shit jumps around stuff and it wasn't like it wasn't like he was saying dropping n bombs or something like that but he could have easily done that because he was I don't think he was in his right mind right. Um, they actually made a perfect couple <laughs> they actually made a perfect couple as disgusting as sex was between them to think about <laughs> um, but I mean Roseanne was his friend Louis C.K. is his friend and obviously you know Roseanne Barr like cried for like a fucking week she's your friend she was like and Louis C.K. was probably like considering suicide or some other shit you know he just lost his whole world right. and norm mcdonald's like I, you know, i'm their friend i'm gonna stick up for them now he didn't have to make the extra comment about how me too victims weren't really huge you know were over exaggerating their victimhood um but when that came out they he's on a publicity tour for uh, i think it's a netflix show or some show he has one of the streaming services um it's a netflix show yeah. yeah then uh he was so he's on a publicity tour now so uh, the Tonight Show just immediately canceled his appearance when he said that because of the backlash on social media. It happened, by the way, like in 11 minutes, which <laughs> just seems like it, the, the speed at which like there, people are overreacting to like uh, Twitter reactions is becoming faster and faster. An article I read this morning, which, uh, I think it was on New York Post, it said that uh, so he was in Jimmy Fallon's uh, green room. Yes. And Fallon was trying to work out if they had to cancel the show and f- 
Fallon said, one of my producers is crying. <laughs> Jesus. Which was like, oh, really, man? And uh, A late night comedy producer crying. <laughs> so I guess they canceled his appearance on the show, obviously. But uh, yes. he's welcome to come back. It's just right now, you know, everyone needs Too hot. A, a minute to recover. <laughs> Too hot to recover from his comments. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, is by the, one of the least offensive things he said in a while. Uh, but uh, and also for the you know for the his point of view is probably represents a large chunk of the country. So I mean, if you ask people about Louis, C- especially men, if you ask them about Louis C.K., they think there was a huge overreaction to what he did. Uh, Roseanne Barr is a little different because she doesn't have a male fan base necessarily. But even a lot of people re- think that Roseanne Barr was over was an overreaction. So I think his point of view is not like a way out there point of view. That the Me Too thing is exaggerating and destroying these people, like for something they did, like and taking away everything, their entire career overnight, time they can't ever work again, is a bit much. Yeah, it's not like it's it's not a really extreme out there. No, he's, it's like they raped somebody. He's like, oh, suck it up, lady. You got right. raped. So what? Yeah, I mean, he should be able to discuss it. He's an older guy. Yes, you know, like coming from his percept uh, you know his background and pr- having to see people deal with shit probably a lot more serious way serious seri- <coughs> he played like, the you know i guess you could say he was minimizing it to some degree but whatever if you look at what louis was doing um i think we all agree weird and creepy yes asking someone if you can masturbate in front of them or pull your dick out and them indicating sure and then later complaining about it now it's just lennon it's just lennon and mccartney a funny story <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> lennon pulls his dick out hey paul let's uh let's do want to see me masturbate <laughs> okay john um but yeah i mean but it's like wouldn't, wouldn't the more adult thing to do would be now jimmy fallon's kind of not def- a mature person but what the what the uh, uh more adult thing to do is to bring him out and then question him about his thoughts like or disagree with him, like, on the show, so you could actually have a conversation about it? I don't know, because I think Fallon doesn't discuss anything serious worthwhile. No, they so. all have political... Uh, yeah, you're probably... I mean, he's not the right guy to do it, to do the interview, obviously. But if it just broke, and I was a producer, I'd say, have him come out and have Jimmy Fallon, like, back up what he said. Yeah. So, uh, Nor- so after his shit got canceled, Norm MacDonald then, of course, uh, had to apologize. It had to apologize immediately and say that... He didn't mean to minimize the victims of the Me Too shit because Me Too is like the mafia at this point. It's just like it's the mafia of the entertainment business. And I'm assuming Netflix got contacted or whoever owns the show and they then said you have to do an apology, which is how this works. I'm sure he meant none of what he said. Um, But then the very the reason I love Norm Macdonald (laughs) because he went on the Howard Stern show and he said he reiterated his apology and said, obviously, it's so obvious uh, that you should, you know, minimize the impact of women who've been felt sexual harassment or sexual assault. That you'd have to have Down syndrome not to understand that. <laughs> and then he said it a second. Then he said it a second time just to rub, rub make sure it was heard. So you can see he's just not going to back down. Like he's just going to say like "fuck you." Like he's going to double down. He's going to double down because he just doesn't. I mean, nobody wants to lose their show. He doesn't want to lose his show. But you know, he's probably the he's end behaving the- as if he might not lose a show yes or if he loses a show he'll go back and do his youtube thing or whatever and he probably doesn't need that much money maybe he doesn't really care i don't think he i think he is like that's why i like him i think he's pure i mean he's just not like george carlin asked he's like he's just gonna rub the down syndrome joke in to the apology <laughs> just to force people to realize how not heartfelt and stupid it is <laughs> and, and now he's getting now he's getting flack from all the down from down syndrome stuff he's just not gonna change and uh, by the way he's not a bad person 
So he does, has not committed a crime. He's just a comedian who sees things in a different way than people that is completely politically incorrect and may make women on, on, the, on the Tonight Show cry as, as, because they can't stand it. Uh, but he's just like, fuck, you know, I don't know how old he is. He's in his 60s, I assume. He's just been like, fuck, fuck that. <laughs> like that they're, I'm right. They're wrong. Like, why am I going to change? Yeah. And he's, you know, he's at an interesting level of fame. I mean, most people know who he is, but he's, yes. you know, he's not a huge, like, I think if, uh, you know, if, if Mariah Carey went on Howard Stern and said Down syndrome once, she would have got yanked out by one of her people. Yes. Yes. And, um, I don't think Norm MacDonald has people. I don't know if he does or not. Yes. Um, he's very, ca- he's very, he's very calculated in what he says. Like he thinks about this shit before he says it, and I know he was going to do his down syndrome thing as a fuck as a fuck you. But is that like so? Now the down syndrome people are pissed, even though again, like I'm sure there's some down syndrome people that could understand the nuance of the Me Too <laughs> movement, but frankly, probably most of them couldn't. So that's also kind of true. Um, yeah, no, what he says is smart. It's always like technically accurate. It's just offensive. But if you're if you're a Me Too person. If you're like an activist in the Me Too movement, can you now use this to build your case, or is this just a separate case? Because obviously, Down syndrome and Me Too totally unrelated. Well, I think he. So I think he's like you said, he's at a weird place in his career. He's never getting a network show again. That's never coming back. He had one at one time, yeah, and it just was completely didn't work out. Didn't work out at all. Um, Because I, I think he just doesn't like. If he doesn't like people, he lets them know he doesn't like them. I think he's probably hard to work with. He's probably really hard to work with. And he probably is very honest. And he probably, if he doesn't like a producer or the showrunner or someone else or the writers, he's going to tell them the fuck off. Yeah. Uh, so that's not going to work out. So I think he's down to like his little smaller shows and his comedy shows and his cult following. And he can do shit like this. And I kind of admire that just because it's like, a, you know, it's, it's someone, somebody has to stand up. Like, it's weird. We talk about it so many times, but comedians are the people you think would stand up to all this politically correct crap. But so many have, fold, you know, so many, the late night comedians, so many have folded to this stuff. Right. They were, cha- they were talking about how, there was a piece about how brave Stephen Colbert was, or uh, uh, James Corden, who's on after him. They talk about Les Moonves in their, in their uh, monologues last night, to rip on Les Moonves. But they knew about him for the last 10 years and didn't do anything. Right. <laughs> so they waited until he was ousted, then they got legal clearance, and then they were approved by the network to make a Les Moonves joke. That's not, bra- that's not bravery. That's like... <laughs> Make, r- make it fun of your boss like in the midst of the rumors is bravery. Wait until it's all over. That's not that's not brave. No one's going to stand up to this well, shit. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's a, they've adapted to. I mean, why do you think Jimmy Fallon's in there? Yes. He dances around and, yes. and like reads children's books. Yes. He even th- did the thing where he tousled uh, Trump's hair. Like, you know, remember that? Do you, uh, yeah, do, yeah. Yeah. It's like everyone's like got angry at him. Like, how could you be playful with Donald Trump? That's just what Jimmy Fallon is. He's just a goof. So he's not he's not a serious he's not a serious person right. or a serious comedian. He just is a goof that you know gets along with everybody and makes everybody look look better than they are, which is what, why he has his job. So I don't know. I I'm, I'm with Norm Macdonald. I'm gonna go watch more of his old YouTube clips because they just <laughs> they just if you go back and see, you have to like it doesn't. There's no best of, but if you have to look at his most offensive stuff, it's so fucking offensive, hmm. and he just never changes his tone. So which is good. Chappelle kind of does that too, right? Where he just like says completely outlandish things but he doesn't really change sometimes he laughs at himself yeah i mean she, yeah Chappelle's has stood up too but i i don't know i don't really see him getting a network show although i could see it happening yeah as well i mean chris rock's latest netflix special was <coughs> he was he was going after stuff i just 
I don't know. I think you just don't get promoted as much, and um, you know, you, you expect you expect comedians to point out, take the minority position, um, and to stand up to bu- stand up to bullies like me too. So I mean, the craziest part about this is that you know, so the, the CBS and CBS fired Les Moonves. And now the Me Too, uh, they're donating twenty million dollars to Me Too. I don't even know what fucking Me Too. What do you donate to the hashtag? To Me Too related causes. They're donating twenty million dollars, like a payoff. Like, all right. So here's the thing. Our boss, we let him like grab jet, grab chicks tits like for the last ten years, and so here's twenty million. Here's twenty million dollars to the to your pro, to the protest group. Yeah, that makes no sense. Uh, no, that's a bad. And then and times 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 out, time out, times up, whatever the fuck that other movement is. They want less moon as hundred twenty million dollars. It's like an extortion. It's just an extortion racket. They're like the mafia now. Me too is like the mafia now. So you can just claim it and just get your way with shit. And if not, you're going to take down your show. Yeah, they're putting the hundred twenty million into an escrow account, right? Yeah, and if uh, Moonves gets it, if they if the inve- if the legal investigators find he did nothing wrong, which seems like that's going to be a really long shot, <laughs> considering like seventeen women have not come out with stories. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually I love the fact that Julie Chen, his wife, he gave her like two TV shows, and now they have to talk about him on the TV shows. Oh, awkward. So she had to recuse herself from one of them, like be off for a week while they so they could actually talk about her what a, what a pig her husband was. What Not was Moonves doing? Just grabbing, groping? He, uh, he was doing like the Roger Ailes shit, just groping and being mm. sexually harassing, making rude comments, asking. Uh, I, th- I don't know that he actually had intercourse with any of the women, but he was doing sexual stuff with them, uh, making him feel very uncomfortable. Over the top, like over the top stuff, the stuff that wasn't like like accidental stuff. And then like Matt Lauer stuff. This was more like uh, Roger Ailes type stuff. So, and everyone knew, apparently, I mean, everyone knows this shit's going on. Like Harry Weinstein. Everyone knows this shit's going on. Yeah, that's been out for a while. When the, bo- when the boss is like grabbing tits at the office, everyone in the office knows immediately. Yeah. So no one's, people actually, there are rumors about it for long. It, took, it was Ronan Farrow who did the article, finally did the article again. That little twink is like <laughs> disrupting the shit out of every important media Dude, person. He's going to end up uh, getting hit by a train. Yeah, that's what I think so. He, might, he can't weigh more than 110 pounds. It wouldn't be hard, it wouldn't be hard to take him out. But I like the fact that I actually admire the fact he's taken him, take, turned his life into dedicated to taking down powerful guys uh, who are just pigs. So it's kind of funny because he just doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, Elena wants to know an email. Why is Nicki Minaj, I know you're a big fan, giving Cosby Show actor Jeffrey Owens 25 grand just because of TV royalties he was living nicely from got diminished? Isn't there possibly a more worthy cause? So Owens is a guy. He was, he played Cosby's son-in-law on the Cosby Show. I don't, I don't, I think I've only ever seen three episodes of the Cosby Show. Yeah, I've I remember him from the show. Not familiar. But the whole Cosby shtick was, of course, on the show was making fun of all the men in the lives of his daughters or the, you know, his sons. Like he made fun of guys on the show. Mm. So I mean, he was always like the sane one and made fun of everybody else. That was his shtick. You know, he. He tore me apart. Uh, Cosby did in a, in a live comedy show once when I was a teenager. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had front row seats. Somehow, my friend's mom got us front row seats in one of his shows. In the in in Ve- it was Vegas or Reno. I think it was v- Reno, and uh, um, at one of those like uh, casinos. Yeah. And uh, but it was this, the daytime show when the kids could, when the younger people could get in because they had no. I guess they had. Uh, it was a rule for you could get like sixteen and over. And so, uh, and this was right. Uh, looking back, I was right in the era when he was taking women up to his hotel room and knocking them out with shit. Right. But he was—he ripped on like he—I was in the front row, so he just picked on me and was like just fucking ripping on me the whole time. Was it funny? Yeah, it was Cosby. I mean, people loved Cosby at the time. It was kind of funny. Were you laughing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't care. He was making fun of like, oh, 
you know, you guys with the teenage boys, what are you doing, like, hanging out, you know, like, yeah. making fun of, you know, what stu- how stupid teenage boys are. So it's probably the same act. He just picks a new Yes, guy. of course. Of course. Gotcha. Sitting in his chair, all that kind of crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was right in the wheelhouse of when he was, like, repeatedly taking women and drugging them up in his hotel rooms in the Vegas hotel rooms. Why, could, why did he need that chair, by the way? We should have known <laughs> he was an asshole at that point. <laughs> with the chair. Yeah. Yeah. Can't the, stand up? No. <laughs> You need a glass of water next to you. <laughs> like, what, what's going on there? Uh, not a bottle of water, like, like a glass of water. Uh, but this guy, Jeffrey Owens, was on the show for, I think, four seasons or five seasons. I assume everyone got paid huge royalties after the fact. Cosby obviously made a mint. But uh, you, you're more familiar with SAG royalties than I am. But I think for a hit network show, they're pretty solid in syndication. Yeah, it was still on. It was still syndicated, right? Yeah, no. Up until recently. Up until Cosby, until the the accusations came out, it was like one of the top syndicated shows worldwide. Yeah, I was assuming he was making a pretty good chunk of change off of that. And, and, you know, hopefully you have other shit going on. So when you're getting whatever between 50 and 150K in the in the mailbox every year yeah you know you should be pretty good yes well apparently he didn't have other things going on he did a couple he did a couple other acting things and so he was pictured he's now 56 or 57 the daily mail someone got a picture of him bagging groceries at trader uh, trader joe's mm-hmm. uh in, in jersey where he lives he's, he's married he's got kids um and they made fun of, like what's the co- what's this like tv star doing bagging groceries making fun of him and they of course uh, hollywood turned it on its head a celebrity saying like why, why are you making fun of a guy with an honest job? Which is all they do, by the way. Um, like, oh, he's an honest man with an honest job bagging groceries, and you're mocking him for that. And so everyone came out of the woodworks to, like, Tyler Perry's giving him work, like, uh, paid acting work. Uh, CSI, one of the showrunners, put him on the show as a, as a recurring character. Uh, Nicki Minaj came out and said she's just going to give him 25 grand in cash. <laughs> like, like, like charity, just charity money. Like this guy, like is this case of like a guy who fell in hard times and and they made fun of him, but in fact he's actually well he hit the jackpot being on Cosby, so he had twenty last twenty years of royalties. Um, B he's like he's the son of a congressman. I don't know if they assumed because he's black he had a hard luck story, but he's the son of a congressman and he went to the fame school, performing arts school, high school, um, and he went to Yale, graduated from Yale. And he did all this like Shakespeare company stuff like that. Then hit the Cosby job, hit the jackpot. So by 30, he was like one of the luckiest fuckers in the entire world. Like one of the most privileged, luckiest guys in the world. And then I think he just decided after that, he tried to get some acting gigs and he got a few here and there on TV. But basically he decided to live off the royalties. And I assume he was having not a plush, but a nice life. And then Cosby went and raped, uh, people found out they'd raped like 98 women. And they killed all the syndication. And then he had to go get a job and he went to Trader Joe's. So it's not exactly the story of like a tale of what your classic tale of woe of like a street guy who was who was being made fun of for trying to rise up, trying to rise up. Yeah. And, and it has a job at Trader Joe's. We're going to mock him for taking an honest job uh, for being, you know, a black a black guy from the streets who's taking an honest job. He seemed like a real loafer, like a real lazy, <laughs> like a real lazy loafer. And for some reason, went to work at Trader Joe's when clearly he has the talents and the skills, the background to work at any number of other places in a job. I assume he did Trader Joe's because he just maybe liked Trader Joe's or just wanted to be anonymous or just didn't really want to get a real I mean, job. Maybe he really needed a job quick. I mean... Well, he's there for a year and a half. Right. So he could have been looking for another job. I didn't yeah. Know. I, I assume even other baggers at Trader Joe's look for other jobs. Right. <laughs> a year and a half. Like, if you ever go to the same store, you don't see the same baggers for like years. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. It's supposed to be like... A t- it's like McDonald's counter work. You're not supposed to work there as a career. 
it's supposed to be like a starter. <laughs> you move on. You move on somewhere else after like a year of uh, high school or college. Uh, it's not like the long. It's not, no one has a career in bagging. It's not a career in, outside of like the, the. Actually, the store I go to, they hire usually disabled people uh, to do bagging, um, and maybe they do it for years and years. But it's not. It's not supposedly like an Ivy League grad is not supposed to be there for like a career. I had a bagger at Trader Joe's, and I was buying uh, Tito's vodka amongst other things. Yes, of course. And he said. Uh, that's really good vodka. I have some in my water bottle. <laughs> and then he sh- he pulled it out from under the yes. uh, check uh, counter. So uh, point being, I'm just saying it's not the highest bar. No. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with having – it was working. It was working and honest. Job, no, of know? course not. But I don't um, think that's what – I think the whole point was like people overreacted. So like <coughs> if you saw – you mentioned before the show, if you saw Latrell Sprewell or an ex-NBA star like bagging groceries, you'd be like – Wow, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I wouldn't recognize um, Jeffrey Owens, but yeah, if I saw someone I recognized from the 90s yes, yeah, just bagging groceries, I'd be like, that's, r- that's just strange. That's weird to see a guy from a hit TV show. Uh, you know, if you saw Tom Selleck, I guess he's still working on an LCB show. Somebody like, you know, in a, in a mundane job, like selling hot dogs at a stand. Yeah. Like, dude, what, what happened? I mean, not the star, but the side, the side star. Um, you'd be like, yeah, that's kind of weird. So I think I understand people. Well, but there's always the guy that wants to, you know, it's usually the pretentious guy who this guy's a Shakespeare guy. So he's the guy that wants to get back to the regular life and, and earn the honest living. But that guy's usually, you know, restoring boats. You know, he's doing yes. manual yes. labor, but he's, it's not at a chain place. It doesn't have the same romanticism. No, he's like he found some Zen in his life. Like there's always a nice story about like where that actor end up. And then, like, like you said, he like he's fixing up he cars shoes or some. Yeah, shit. he's like some found Zen in his life because he was probably was a former drug addict or something. Yeah. And now he's found like he's restoring houses in New Hampshire or some shit like that. But bagging groceries in Jersey is just like is a whole so whatever. Fine. Then why would you start giving him? Why would he become the charity case of Hollywood? Like why are people sending him cash and giving him jobs? Could there not be a more struggling actor who might need a break <laughs> than this than this guy? Like, is there not like another like teenager or twenty something guy who could really use a huge break? It's a good point. It probably just it probably speaks to everyone's greatest fear. Like my greatest fear would be being in my fifties and bagging groceries at Trader <laughs> Joe's. Yes. All right. No. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Tyler, Pe- Tyler Perry's not thinking about it. Nicki Minaj doesn't imagine that. They already have so much money. But yes. Yeah, but uh, that's a Hollywood thing. I could see it. You know, whereas you know, even even people that work on TV shows like they're they're not rich. Like I, I don't think a lot of them have. It's not uncommon to have a side job. No, people overestimate how much money there is in entertainment for the non-star for the non-stars. Yeah, uh, it's like baseball. Baseball before the TV contracts came in, when players were made like forty grand a year, and they all had jobs in the off season. And yeah, they, but you figure out stuff like you know you get little things here and there like. Uh, Oh, this is a good gig where you uh, drive deliveries for this rich guy. Yes, and you know if you don't show up, it's not a big deal, and and whatever. Um, well, this guy, this guy's clearly a smart and a connected guy. Um, I mean, he went to the schools he went to, and the, and his dad was a congressman, and you know he's clearly a smart guy. He had the hit show. He could have turned this into many different, I'm sure, career options for himself. Well, yeah, if he was. Well, that's why you should never get too comfortable. I mean, you know, I don't know what he was or wasn't doing, but if he was just sitting there. Watching those checks come in yes. and really, you know, watching the prices right. And, yes, that's and what I imagine he was doing. Not by the doing way. anything with his life, man. You can't, you can't do that because you never know what's going to happen. And and then, you know, jobs are weird because he's obviously overqualified to work at Trader Joe's just based on going to Yale. 
But what if his resume has a 30-year blank spot? Yes. I mean, then he's underqualified to... But he's still the guy who was on the Cosby show. I assume he can get a, a, a job as like at a restaurant or something like that or yeah. something as like a maitre d' or whatever he could be. I mean, he's still... He's recognizable enough that people took photos of him when he was at Trader Joe's. Well, doesn't Trader Joe's offer really good benefits? I don't know why. <laughs> they I probably do. That. Yes, they probably do. I'm just thinking that for some reason. They're very, they're very employee friendly. Maybe company. it's his kids. You know, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it could make sense. Somehow. Yeah, it could. Although the year and a half, it seems like a really long time not to. Uh, not to step right, up. He's been working there a year and a half. Yeah. And it took that long for anyone to notice. Too. <laughs> yes. So he's been well, I would I would guess that people like in line knew recognized him, but someone actually took a photo and sold it to the right. the Daily Mail or it got to TMZ eventually, of course. But it's just the idea that Nicki Minaj is like going, Oh, he needs twenty five let me send him twenty five grand. Like like that is like the most like out of touch. Well, that's where I th- I think that's an elitist thing. Like, yes. Oh my god, working a normal job is like the worst thing in the world. And it's not like being on welfare is the worst thing in the world. Well, that's why. Well, yeah, but that's why I think it's a, it's a total like hypocrisy because they're saying like, oh, it's, it was so evil how like they made fun of him for working an honest job. Oh, let me give him a check for twenty five grand because he obviously needs my cash. He obviously right. needs my money. He obviously needs my money. Yeah. Uh, or Tyler Perry just going like, look, dude, I know you tried out for TV jobs for like a long time and couldn't get them, but I'll just give you one because obviously you're bagging now. You're bagging. I at couldn't the- figure out. Did Tyler Perry give him a? <laughs> Acting job or like a grip job? <laughs> no, he's giving him acting jobs. Because that's the kind of job I would think he would have, you know, as a job. Yes. Uh, like something related to, like he could be doing some kind of he could be PA a, work. Seriously? He could be running. He could be an acting coach. Yeah. I mean, I assume you can make more even as a moderate, mediocre acting coach and you could bagging groceries. So, I mean, he was on the Cosby show. You use your fame. You get a few clients and you do, ac- you do acting in be an acting coach in Manhattan or whatever is across the bridge. Uh, Matt, let me ask you about academia. This is your, uh, this is in your wheelhouse. Mm. Uh, Matt, so uh, the new thing in academia now is the uh, p- political correctness and this uh, mafia of, uh, of special rights groups demanding action so that they are never offended has now reached the, the halls of academia. So we always knew about the safe spaces and the, and the fucking bubbles and all the protective spaces on college campuses and how everyone's become a huge pussy and how like deans of schools now just cede power to random marchers to do, <laughs> to do whatever the fuck they want. But now it's actually, actually affecting like research papers and stuff. So there were two stories this week. Uh, one was this mathematician's paper. If you ever met a mathematician, they are the most aspy people you've ever met in your entire life. I don't think I've ever known one. They are like... They have no so understanding of social norms. They're not into this for politics or, 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 or you know, peer review or privilege. They're pure science, like purely into the science, right? right. So they, they are completely geeked out by the science. So they have no ulterior motives other than the science. So a mathematician did this st- a study, I don't know why, on the achievement gap between men and women at, at the high end of the intelligence scale, um, just showing that, obviously showing that, because uh, it was unpopular, that men have greater achievement at higher levels of intelligence. Yeah, I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't read the study, but apparently it, it was a social thing. He wasn't saying that men are innately, or he didn't find that men are innately more intelligent than women. It's just that there's more pressure on men and less they, pressure on women. Well, so. they contribute. They contribute more to uh, scientific advancement at the in, men do than women do at the same at the higher levels of intelligence. 
But I think his point was that women don't have to work as hard to get to that level. Uh, I don't know that he made the con- was that in the conclusions. I know he had the findings. I didn't read the study. I don't I just know that he read, could- read the article. About yeah, I don't. I think he just did the research. I think he just did the research, and then a bunch of uh, women's uh, professors and in academia came out and forced it to be t- taken not to be published and taken out of publication. But he was saying that men are uh, among the they have more people at the top in, in terms of elitely smart people and more at the bottom in terms of elitely stupid people. Yes, and it reminded me a little bit of the James Damore thing from Google, the guy who got fired from Google, where he was just trying to show why men and women might be differently suited, differently appropriately, inappropriately suited for tech work mm-hmm. based on the way men and women think and the way they operate um, from a completely just Aspie point of view, from a completely like scientific point of view. Like I don't, I'm not trying to put women down or say men are great because men, he listed all the faults of men or James Damore listed all the reasons why men are assholes, but how that actually played in their favor in the tech world mm-hmm. and how women were th- more thoughtful and considerate and how that worked against them. So he's actually just doing a purely, it wasn't a put down of any gender, it was a purely objective thing. And this one got pulled because uh, women complained, of course, about the findings. Um, they didn't complain about the research methodology. They complained about the findings. So it got pulled from the from the research. It got, um, blackli- it got blacklisted, so it never got published. The published, okay, gotcha. Um, you have to. I mean, you have to. As a professor, you have to get your research published. That's how you get tenure and all that kind so of. So he stuff. got pulled from the journal before it was published. Yeah, it was never published because it was black. It was blacklisted. Like it, it, they, I, I'm assuming they publish like everything from every legitimate professor who does legitimate research. This one got got blacklisted. And then the same week, there was a study at Brown. Uh, a bunch of professors at Brown did research uh, related to uh, gender dysphoria to mostly men, mostly boys, sometimes girls feeling they they belong and they're the opposite gender. Um, and their study found that there was a big social connection to the number of, you know, to the kids that found that they were having gender dysphoria, that they were born the wrong sex, was related heavily to peer pressure, social media accounts they were on, family members pushing them to, uh, uh, you know, fall, fall in line with that type of thinking, and that there may be a large social element to this idea of, tra- of transgender, of, of being born the wrong sex. Um, which I think sounds like a very, and by the way, this is Brown University, a very progressive liberal institution. They're not, this wasn't Jerry Falwell's university trying to show how the transgender are going to hell. Yeah, we're assuming these uh, researchers don't have an agenda. No. They're just... Uh, they're, they're trying to figure out why, why there's a sudden increase in kids wanting to be the opposite sex and kids, kids having, taking hormones and potentially having, uh, you know, uh, surgeries and things like that. There's obviously an uptick recently. Right. Everyone knows about this. And is it just because it's always been biological and now people are allowed to express the biology or is there a social element to this happening? And they found a social element. And of course, that pissed off the transgender activist community who want to say it's all it's all innately you're born with gender dysphoria. You're born the wrong sex. It's not a thing that just because, you know, your family thinks it's great and your friends think it's great and social media tells you it's great that you're doing it. Um, and so they basically forced Brown. Brown had actually published the article, had put out a press release talking about the article, the findings in the article. And then after the tra- uh, transgender activist groups hit Brown, they retracted the article and took back their press release and basically canned the whole, and canned the whole study from, their, their pr- from Brown's perspective, supporting the study. Hmm. This to me was like pretty amazing shit because when you think about like the one actual positive element of academia beyond all the obnoxious, arrogant people and all the horrible people, people in colleges, and the whole how, how expensive the whole system is, and how broken it is, and college debt, and college loans, and all the crap that goes on with university systems. The one thing you could count on them was like really good research. <laughs> it was like the advancement of human society, 
like yeah. with really solid like scientific research. Like you would count on the major universities to put out really m- world-altering research, and now it's being now it's being pulled based on its political correctness. Yeah, which is kind of the last the last resort because usually they you know you, you try and pressure these guys into you know what they can and can't say or what they can and can't study and you know we're going to boycott you and all that but if you have tenure and and again this is something when you probably read the proposal it's like it doesn't seem that controversial you know we're just trying to trying to do some research here but i mean <clears throat> and by the, way, by the way i would say important research because they're probably trying to figure out why kids are feeling this way because there's a really high suicide rate and other drug rates and stuff like that among the teens that experience gender dysphoria. Yeah. So I'm sure their ultimate goal is not to stop people from switching genders, but their ultimate goal is to reduce the negative impacts of this of these of this sensation. Yeah, you're not helping your cause, and you're. I mean, you're never going to help your cause by essentially censoring people. No. Anyway, um, but I mean, to get for to wait until the study's completed and then have it pulled from a journal. I mean, if you want to you know do a peer review of the study yeah there's no there's no counter there's no counter evidence to the study like we have our own study the way the system's supposed to work though right yes you put it up and then your peers meaning other people in the field pick it apart yes they try to pick it apart or they show their own science which is different this is just an attempt to have a unilateral uh, like maybe there's another study in there that that finds something more flattering yes to, to the trans gender community i don't know if flattering is the right word but just well, yeah you know you were assigned the wrong gender like whatever but you know this, remi- this reminds me of back in the day like like in the first wave of these types of studies in the u.s was like when the uh tobacco consortium would have the researchers show that tobacco wasn't bad wasn't cigarettes weren't bad for you yeah and that was like the research everyone went with like the u.s government would go with the research from this so-and-so consortium, which was always funded by R.J. R.J. Reynolds, <laughs> like that. I would always find that tobacco wasn't really bad. Was Actually, in the old days, they said it was calming for you and really good for you. Yeah, and you can win for a while by cheating, which I think is what this is. You're just, you're just cheating. You're using your leverage at this liberal institution to have the, the paper pulled, which, I mean, should bring a lot of shame on the university, first yes. of all, for even agreeing that that's on the table. Like, no, yes. that's not what we do. We don't no. pull studies because you're offended by the, the scientific study. By the, outcome of, by the outcome of the study. Like, they're not even, like, questioning the science behind it. They're just questioning the conclusion. Like, they're questioning the outcome of what they found. They're not saying, like, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. Like you said, like a peer review. They're just saying, like, what you're saying is, da- is hurtful to the transgender community. Like your science is hurtful to us, and therefore it cannot be it cannot be made public. Yeah, but censoring an honest debate is harmful to your community. Of course, in reality, whereas, uh, you know, that's the real threat. And like, you know, I mean, with the cigarette companies, for example, like you can cheat and lie for quite some time, but eventually, you know, the truth will get out, and you'll look. Um, you look terrible. You look yes. like someone that should be ashamed of themselves. Oh, they still do make a lot of money, Matt. They're still doing okay. <laughs> There's actually the FDA. I don't know if you saw the thing with the FDA today with the with the vape companies. So the FDA finally, finally, like la- named the five leading vape companies and forcing them to like uh, figure out how they can stop teenagers from va- from vaping because. There's a no, there was another massive study about like with teenagers who all now believe that like vaping nicotine is not bad for you, <laughs> and where they got that where they got that understanding from right. is largely from the vaping companies, right. who by the way sell bubblegum vape and raspberry vape and like <laughs> teenage teenage flavored <laughs> teenage flavored vapes and make it completely legal. So yeah, I mean it's just, it's really sick what's going on, but it's like 
you always the one thing I always counted on like some major university to do was to have like a legitimate study, like to come out with the actual science. You could say like, okay, well, fucking the Harvard Harvard Journal of Medicine is where I could get my under, my research from. Like, I'm not sure exactly what I'm supposed to eat or not eat, but if I go to like you know the the UCLA Medical Journal, I feel like I'm getting good advice. And now, now maybe tainted by vegans. Now vegans, vegans maybe maybe tainting my 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 nutrition advice. Yeah, man. And I mean, if you're thinking about sending your kid is, who's a you know a scientist, STEM person to Brown, I mean, like this would be a, a good reason not to. And and plus, I mean, what what are these uh, professors, these researchers, doing about this? I mean, are they? They'll I, protest and they might quit and go somewhere else. They're tenured, so they can't be fired, which is one good thing about. I mean, I always, I, we always make fun of tenure professors and, and how they can just coast. But one of the good things about it is when you do controversial research is you can't be fired. Unless it's about 9-11, then you can be fired. Then you can probably be fired. But uh, usually, you can get away with a lot. Yeah. Especially if you're a completely insane feminist. <laughs> yes. Then you can get away with, like, yes. really crazy shit. Yeah, but... 9-11, the, no, that's not on the table. Yeah, like the, the feminist... Or the feminist t- teacher who was harass, sexually harassing her male student, but it was able to keep her job just because she's a, she's a feminist. Whole women's studies. Like, what amazes me is, like, how this politically correct... How these activist groups act very much like Christian groups used to act, mm-hmm. like right when Christian groups used to act in terms of boycotting shit, they really kind of taken their playbook in terms of like what those right when Christian groups used to do to shut down shit they didn't like, like the protest, to threaten, to all that stuff. Like if they didn't like the stu- the outcome of the study or the outcome of whatever the TV show or whatever it was, right? They would just send nasty letters and boy- threaten to boycott advertisers and the money. Which I always thought everyone not on the far right. Um, viewed as pathetic yes but apparently not because it works apparently they never learned anything well it works for one (laughs) i mean the transgender community has a tremendous amount of power compared to their numbers so they they figured extort i mean it is that's extortion more than the the dine and dash thing yeah but you're still not going to keep assuming this is accurate this research is legitimate i should say like you're not going to keep it from getting out there in the long no run. no it's out more now that you censored it it's still out there although widespread it's not it's now it'll never be reported like on the major news outlets shit like that they're not going to report the study which i thought was kind of groundbreaking because i was kind of with the whole thing like the gay the, the fact that you're born gay i'm with that like for a while they said it was all cycle your parents hated you that's why you were gay right and then they of course found that there was like some there was stronger evidence that there was you were biologically born with a preference for the same sex but they haven't found any of that in this gender stuff. There's been no science supporting the gender dysphoria uh, whatsoever outside of psychological sciences. So, but that throws a huge monkey wrench in the transgender rights I- idea because if the rights, if the rights, if it's a cho- if it is legitimately a psychological choice, then you're not, you don't get the same inalienable rights that you would if you were born if it's an immutable quality. Right. Like if you could change your race, if race was immutable, you could decide what color you wanted to be. Then there would no longer be benefits to people of a certain color. So if if, if deciding on being gendered, whatever the f- fluid is just a complete choice, then you no longer get legal protections from that. So I think that's that's the issue. That's the big issue there. All right, Matt. It's time for our final segment today: pennies in a bunch. Only for our Patreon. Are many, many uh, largely male Patreon Patreon members. There's a couple couple women in there, and maybe some transgender people. I can't pick up on their names yet. If you happen to like smart commentary, I don't know where the hell you should go. But if you happen to like hearing us two boobs talk about sexual assault on campus, head over to Patreon.com for our bonus segment today. Hey Matt, that's our show for today. You have something you wish to pimp and promote? 
Um, Sell yourself. MattRalston.net, Twitter at Matthew Ralston. And uh, I've said this the last two or three weeks, but an announcement coming soon. I have nothing right now. All right. <laughs> All right. This is Lex. Last minute. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.